Yes, I am Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Plays. I can redo the intro again. <laughs> Let me redo it one more time. Ah. Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming and professional game insight. I'm your first professional gamer. I am Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I am your second <laughs> professional gamer. Hillhouse from Big Love Club. That didn't sound cringy at I all. Guess this, I, guess, I guess the joke of us being professionals is um, that's pretty joke only worthy. funny until we are professionals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we just have to make sure that we never reach that bar, you know. Um, but <laughs> with that being said... Uh, as far as news that we have not covered in the couple of weeks that we missed uh, in podcasting, uh, there was a lot of redundant stories, I feel like, um, ever since the Grand Theft Auto trilogy released. Um, it was story after story about um, it being buggy, it being to be taken down, them taking down the original versions so that you only could buy the uh, newer versions. And uh, there's some really funny stuff about what they unintentionally left in the remastered trilogy. Did you see the list of stuff that they left in the game? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's ridiculous. For, it first is. of all, there was unlicensed music. So I don't know how that got past anyone. All I can think of is that the team that was working on putting out this remastered trilogy um, it was either rushed they were a very small team or they have never dealt with a game like this before, because I feel like game music license is one of the things that you think about really quick. Oh yeah. Um, it's like talk one about, of the things you have to have first. We talk about retro thing. games, right? And it's, it's one of those things where we talk about racing games always being removed because they lose the licenses to the rights to use like actual branding of cars and even music sometimes. And uh, to put out a trilogy of games that is, uh, some of the games are like 15 years old, I feel like. Um, to do that and think that you still have active <laughs> licenses for the music is pretty ridiculous. And they also left in the San Andreas um, hot coffee scene that was accessible with cheat codes, <laughs> which was the cause of national news stories and uh mothers across the nation uh trying to get gta canceled uh, gta games being recalled like this was a whole issue i remember when it hit the news because i was very young and i didn't understand any of it i remember because i didn't understand because the way they presented the whole hot coffee incident was that um this scene that basically was not part of the ESRB rating system was in the game and could be accessed if you had a cheat code uh made it like deceptive rating basically but that wasn't clear on the news the news made it always act like it was something that you could just access easily you know and um just naturally playing through the game, you would never see it. It's one of those things where it was behind a wall. But I mean, I mean we're talking early eras of 2000s internet. Like, I don't know. The the cheat code would have to be passed through like word of mouth. It's not something that everybody would be talking about on YouTube because it even predates that. <laughs> so I don't know. I remember it being presented really weird. But the fact that they left it in the remastered trilogy is just ridiculously lazy because it is probably the most it's the thing that san andreas is most known for is that because i feel like the other games in this collection have their own like uh following but i feel like the only time i ever hear anyone talk about san andreas is the negative effect of the hot coffee thing that was in it <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's just crazy. I feel like we could have talked about that every single week. Uh, the fact that GTA was not getting their shit together. Um, 
But once again, this is going to be a recurring theme in this episode because you were going to talk about some of the announced uh, gaming award nominations. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a recurring theme. Despite all of the negative press about the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, uh, the fact that they threw San Andreas into Game Pass, and I personally have never played that game, which I know may sound crazy. Uh, the fact that I could just boot it up on cloud gaming and play San Andreas oh, yeah. for the first time, it it was crazy. I was like, Isn't wow, this is going to be a lot of fun. Cloud gaming is actually a lot cooler than I thought it would be. <laughs> Even with my shit internet, I was able to play a couple of games. And it was it's just right. nuts. It's nuts. But I mean, I could see where this is the wave of the future with, you know, you know, better internet coming out. That's like the company I'm with just announced yesterday that they're going with they're they're starting up their one gig service. So it's not where I live, unfortunately. But yeah. Um pretty pretty neat stuff. I think cloud gaming is yeah, it's definitely gonna be the way it is. Yeah. And um I, I don't know. So the as I said, it's gonna be a recurring theme in this episode. I'm going to be saying that I enjoyed the game, even though it is uh being destroyed in the press. Yeah. <laughs> so uh the other stories uh that we could have talked about um all was about Activision. Activision was popping up every week oh, God. with more and more allegations. Yeah. Um, we already know about the lawsuits. It's getting and, crazier um, and crazier. So much stuff some, coming out. Yeah. Some key points were that the Call of Duty head, I believe, stepped down. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, like that's not just that's not just one of the studios. That is the head of all of the Call of Duty franchises. Yeah. <laughs> stepped down. And uh, Bl- the other one, Blizzard what's CEO. Up? See, I missed that, but I assume Blizzard, because Blizzard started Act- it all, right? Blizzard was yeah, the beginning uh, of all. The this. Activision Blizzard CEO is Bobby Kotick, and mm-hmm. uh, it it came out there was some really bad a- uh, accusations against him, and uh, I guess today, just today mm-hmm. uh, or uh, yesterday, they are. Uh, they staged a walkout and uh, they're calling for his removal for his resignation. And my understanding is that he may have already resigned. So, yeah, that's what I was seeing too. Um, so as of tomorrow or whenever this podcast uh, posts, he may have already been uh, booted out. Oh by yeah. Himself. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's some yeah, pretty they- bad allegations on this guy. which ones did you hear the biggest one the biggest one that hits me is uh where he allegedly had told an assistant he was going to have her killed well that's not the alleged part that they found the voicemail okay so so, (laughs) see see i didn't dig into it that far and i didn't want to say that it's for sure but yeah yeah the 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 the, uh the uh gray area is that um if supposedly he apologized immediately and that also he it was a very hyperbolic statement. Basically, the news headlines were that he threatened to kill someone on a voicemail. But he his defense is that of course he would never kill someone. It was just him being hyperbolic. But people did point out that you shouldn't be saying things like no. I'm going to kill you when that statement was made at an employee for if they basically talk to news outlets about the sexual allegations. So he was threatening hyperbolic or not. You shouldn't say that you're going to kill someone for talking to news about <laughs> the alleged right. sex allegations. Cause it, it just was- lo- makes it look like you're saying, Hey, shut your fucking mouth or I'm going to have you killed. That's what it looks like. It's right. It's Oh my God. It, it's further proof that you don't respect the humanity of these people by yeah. saying that you're throwing around statements like uh, you know, you I'm don't, going to kill you and it means nothing. You don't just fuck like, you don't fuck with Uncle Bobby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And that's <laughs> it's it's see, he's Crazy. kind of proving the his his reaction to um someone speaking to the news about statements that were made within the company. It puts weight is on the, the source of the problem. Yeah. It puts weight on the statements that they're making also. Right. It, it, it just makes your company look so <laughs> fucking guilty. Right. Because it's this 
I mean, any court would see it as the same mindset. You'd oh, be yeah. like, so you say, uh, I'm going to kill you, but you're, you didn't really mean it. You're intimidating In the same a whistleblower. Sense, right. In the same sense, your company is full of people who say things like, <laughs> um, how about you, you know, stay after nine and uh, finish that or I'm going to rape you or something. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, you'd be like, well, I wasn't serious. Of course, yeah. I wouldn't rape you in the same sense. I mean, he's his defense of saying that he wasn't going to kill anyone is this proof of the mis misunderstanding, you know. Oh, he's how he, to communicate. They're going to see right <laughs> through it, dude. They're going to see right through it. It's he's talking out the side of his neck is what he's doing. It, it, they're going to see right, right through that shit. I mean, any judge worth his salt. But, uh, you know, we've seen some really weird judges lately. But, yeah, I mean, come on. You, you'd right. have to be absolutely stupid not to see through, you know, what's. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the guy threatened to have somebody killed because they were going to talk to the press. I mean, <laughs> it's just that's not a misunderstanding. No. Right. Oh, my God. And um, I mean, I just I don't think it's that hard to put those two and two together, but I'm sure there's more stories about him. Oh, yeah. But basically, I think people are also mad about his apology letter. Um, there was a story <laughs> that was released by, I think. Was it the uh, alternative press? I don't remember. Um, but it was behind a paywall, but the uh, author of it was tweeting out some key points of it. And his apology letter of the, uh, what's his name? Bobby Kobach or something? Kodak. Uh, the, <laughs> the apology letter that he had uh, was basically him saying or things Kodak. like, yeah, he I was, know what it is. Yeah. He was saying that the, uh, article was full of misinformation which is not true it's a bunch of physical evidence <laughs> he was also saying he was painting a bad picture of the camaraderie and the work environment and what they stand for and stuff these are all weird statements um when you know <laughs> i don't know the thing is, his job was probably already buried, so it really doesn't matter what he said in an apology letter. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way of saving his job in what he wrote, even though he wrote a lot. Oh, no, he's done for. <laughs> yeah, he's done for. So I don't think there's a correct way to go about it. Even if he did an apology letter where he said something like, um, these issues were looked over and... Um, it was completely my responsibility to take action on the situation in a more timely manner. Um, Ten years is unexcusable, but in the past, like three years, I feel like we have made motions in the correct direction, and there will be more, you know, changes of leadership, and there will be harder investigation, and people will be held to a higher standard than they were in the previous iteration of this company or something, something like that would have been a lot more uh, capable of maybe saving his job. But I mean, at the end of the day, people wouldn't have bought that either. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it would, it doesn't really matter what he said. I guess it's completely fine for him to come out and be like, it's full of a bunch of lies. <laughs> and that's basically what he said, but uh, no one's buying it because like, there's so much evidence about the company and I feel like he is being very ignorant if if he is actually unaware of what they look like from the outside then he is very disconnected from reality <laughs> because <laughs> that's the only thing I can imagine is his issue because if he thinks that because when, when did we start talking about this story? Was it like in February or March or something? Uh, yeah, it was in that somewhere in there when um, basically there was a game launching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed was it? to be. Uh, it was before the Overwatch League started. Yeah, because I remember uh, was, there was questions on if they were going to cancel the whole it season. It was right before Overwatch League started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the allegations had started coming out around uh, February, March. 
And yeah, and uh, apparently there's been allegations over the course they of had, 15 uh, years. Yeah, but they had <laughs> they had really started flooding in because they were served with the uh, with the lawsuit around that time. If I'm not right. mistaken, yeah. So yeah, if he thinks that somehow everything has been out of the public eye for six months or over six months, then he. Oh, this isn't something people are going to forget about. That's one of the things he needs to understand. This isn't something that goes away, Um, you know, especially because, you know, people may think that it's dying out right now and it maybe it is slowly, but cancel culture is still alive. You know, it may not be as strong as it used to be, but it is still alive and people are keeping this story alive. So there's just no way that people are going to forget about what's going on with Activision and Blizzard. There's just no way right now. The the allegations are way too intense, and there's way too many of them for people to just say, "Okay, yeah, you know, it's old news," because it's really not. Because every week there's something new. Yeah, and I don't know if you can completely attribute it to it, but I do see that uh, Call of Duty Vanguard is one of the weaker debuts recent history. Yeah, the only thing really cool about it is the Pacific Battle Zone, and that's you know for Warzone. But that's really right. It. I'm not talking about the quality of the game. I'm talking about sales. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, saw that. yeah. It was very low it's compared to what other games have been. But I think you could attribute that to the fact that I don't think people wanted another retro war well, game. You know, I think the, a lot of people were kind of a little knocked off about that. Well, one of the interesting things, though, that I've been seeing is actually it's kind of the opposite. Um, people are happy that they went back to like the World War II motif and that kind of thing. They they like it. And they like the, uh, you know, the weapons and all that stuff. But one of the things that I see people talking about the most with this is, OK, they want Activision and Blizzard to say, OK, here's here's a great game that we've made. Let's take Warzone, for example. You know, we made this great game and a lot of people love it. Uh, there's all sorts of different things you can do in it. Uh, it's got a great, you know, E-League following, etc. Right. Right. Quit putting out a game every fucking year. You know what I, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Quit doing that and, and just put in some DLC, make the game that you have right now. So freaking good that everybody keeps playing it. You know, three, four, five years down the road, then drop a new game on us. You know what I'm saying? Make this one good. You know, keep it going for a couple of years. I'm not even saying five years. Three years is plenty of time. And then come out with a new game because that gives you plenty of time to drop something on us like Cold War that is that would have been epic, would have been good if you took more time with it and babied it and, you know, nurtured the thing, you know, made it what it was supposed to be, you know, because Cold War was disappointing, too. You know, it, it wasn't what people, you know, were expecting. So. Yeah, it's to me, that's just the thing that they need to do. That's it's been a mistake that they've been making. And, you know, quit putting out a game every year. It's like you just pump it out just to try to get that 60 bucks. No, man, you're going to make so much more from just making the game that we're playing right now that much better. Deal with the cheaters, which you've done. And I'm hoping this is starting to work. I have a lot of, you know, hope for this software and uh, ricochet. Hopefully it's going to be the shit and get rid of these people but yeah you know quit making a fucking game a year you just don't need to do it yeah and people have been saying that for years um i just see more nobody and more loves of the it fact that they throw like, them out so fast yeah they're just like dude make the game more playing epic you guys have an opportunity to just you could pull in so many more players that way i think than what you have right now. Because right now, all you have really is a base that just keeps on hoping and praying the next one's going to be good. Yeah, and the other thing is you're also just constantly bleeding their pocketbooks dry. But the thing is, you can't... It's capitalism at its best, though, bro. We can't even... Yeah. <laughs> we can't even argue with that because no. people keep buying it. Yeah, people, people want... Like, as long as you buy it, they will keep... But that's that's what I think they have right now. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do that that much longer. Not with especially some of the disasters that they've had or near disasters they've had, you know, and it's I think that they really need to change their business model. Just tweak it a little bit. It doesn't you don't have to go into extremes, you know, but every year. Nah, come on, man. 
I mean, you got people that would definitely have been playing Warzone for two or three years before, you know, uh, Vanguard dropped. They could have even taken right. their time with that, you know? And but I feel like it's just weird. Right. I feel like Warzone should be proving it to them every year. The fact that the Warzone players stay there. Yeah. And um, they're basically making these 60 to $100 games that have a story mode every year that still is connected to Warzone, kind of, just through weapons and skins <laughs> but um, and <laughs> operators. But at some point, it's going to just... Uh, it's just going to look like such a nuisance. It's like, do, do I really want to spend 60 to to $100 on the, the DLC to Warzone every year? You know, or do I want to just keep playing Warzone? You know? And... Uh, I know it's Warzone isn't everyone's cup of tea. I know a lot of people like multiplayer. It's a totally different ball game. But I, um, yeah, I kind of like. I don't both. know. I feel like a call. Of, yeah, I I feel like though a Call of Duty every two years with Warzone attached to it makes more sense. Every year yeah. makes it hard for you to keep up. I don't know. It really, Maybe I just don't really play does. the games enough. I mean, you almost have to be because just... I'm trying to put my head inside. Just what? No, you almost have to be just a COD player, and that's it. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to put my head into the type of person that gets tired of the current Call of Duty, not because it was a bad game, but because they've played through it so much within a couple of months. Because to want a Call of Duty every year, you would have to be like already done with it you know, by the spring after it releases in the fall and uh, then be like hoping for the next title rather than getting actual like <laughs> average type of playing through it. And then when a new game comes out, you know, you're just like, hold up. I'm still playing the last two titles. Like I can still play Modern Warfare and find new content in it because I have not played it to its full extent yet, you know, but yeah, that's just me. Um, let me see. Is there other is there other stories that you've picked up on? Was there more that you wanted to talk about on that? Or you wanted to talk about the gaming awards? Uh yeah, the only thing I had was the gaming awards. That was the only real okay. major one. It's it's nothing really major. I just thought it was kind of funny. But um, you know, you have the game of the year awards, and right now you can uh vote on all 30 categories. Uh, at thegameawards.com. Um, you're able to uh, do that. I don't know until when. I think it's going to be around the beginning of December because uh, the awards show itself takes place on December 9th. Uh, it's going to be live streamed and etc. blah, 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 blah. And then they'll be um, you know, announcing all of the streaming platforms. And you can pretty much guarantee that YouTube and Twitch are going to be right there at the top of them. But uh, Game of the Year... You know, everybody knows that's a pretty big category. Um, there's been uh, some great games that have uh, that have uh, 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 taken it. You know, Last of Us Two, Sekiro, you know, God of War, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I mean, Overwatch mm -hmm. even took it before, and uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal. But the ones that they have up right now really don't seem to me. You know, yeah, there's some good reviews on a lot of these games, but they don't seem epic like those games. You got Deathloop, It Takes Two, which It Takes Two is kind of interesting to see that that's up there because that's a family oriented, yeah. you know, game, uh, which I think is actually kind of cool. Uh, Metroid Dread, which I can understand because a lot of people were glad that that's back. Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil Village, which really wasn't that big of a game. So it surprises me. Um, one of the things that absolutely kind of surprises me on this is Valheim. You don't see that up there with how successful that game was. Um, right. But it is up for uh, best debut indie and best multiplayer. Um, so that one is, the, you know, it has a couple of chances. Um, the other upset I heard is Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking it was the first year that a racing game was going to get nominated for it. Yeah. Which makes me want to play that game more now because I'm seeing so many people upset about it. I'm just like, hold on. Maybe I should check out that. Game. I've seen a lot of cool things and I've actually wanted to get it for PC. But even 
and I got a pretty good PC, man, but even this one won't run it at ultra. And I've seen some videos, uh, you know, 1080 from some streamers that is so fucking beautiful, dude. It is just so neat what what they've done with this game. Um, but yeah, I, it's also free right now. If you've got, uh, um, uh, Xbox ultimate, uh, they, yeah, they have it on there. So, which was pretty cool. Anyway, um, one of the games that I thought was funny that got nominated for a couple of awards right now. And uh, this is for best score in music and best role playing. It's cyber, actually, cyberpunk I'm 2077, actually, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually voting for probably both of those. Really? For I cyberpunk? Like, yeah, I feel like they're probably the underdog. Let me see who else is in the RPG category. Because I saw the music. And I was like, I remember the music is actually pretty uh, crazy. Monster Hunter Rise is in there. Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise. So I hope I said all that of right. those other games are games that I would never touch. Um, that's because I am not a hardcore hardcore RPG player. Yeah, and that's the thing is the people who will vote for that category. Um, are not going to like Cyberpunk. Not because Cyberpunk's not a good game, because I think Cyberpunk is actually a pretty good game. Yeah. A pretty great, yeah. great game, which I talked about, I think, last episode. Um, well, but I, I think they have their work cut out for them on best scoring music because you got Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy up there. And people love the score from Guardians of the Galaxy, man. They love all of the, everything about it. Mm-hmm. so yeah and the artful escape is up there too and that one has a really cool uh score so- yeah i played i played that one but my problem with the artful escape i even said it on the podcast was that the game was very repetitive very quickly i'm yeah, actually yeah. surprised it's nominated for so much but that was a, that was a fun little indie game yeah it's but- it's best art direction it's up for that one and uh yeah and i gave for it best that. score in music yeah oh you're voting I'm voting right now, <laughs> but I just think it's hilarious that a game that so many people have shit on cyberpunk 2077 and uh, here it's up for a couple of awards, but it's really interesting to me to see other games that are just way more have it way more together than cyberpunk 2077 did that aren't up for awards. It's just it's just really easy yeah. or easy or interesting to see now horizon five is up for best sports racing game um it is up for that one um but it isn't up for Mm -hmm. game of the year which yeah a lot of people and and like fifa also i'm surprised that isn't up because there's a lot of people that played fifa a lot Mm -hmm. and i didn't hear about a whole bunch of problems with that so new world is up for best multiplayer i see that's kind of neat. I, I am not voting for Warzone for best ongoing. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I see that Deathloop is nominated for a lot. Uh, yeah, Deathloop nine. has got actors. Nine awards, yeah. dude, for Deathloop. Um, the, the leaders of it, uh, let's see. I'm doing 12 minutes on best indie because I love that game. It is one of my yeah, top Death, 10. Deathloop has a games. total of nine nominations. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart have six. It takes two and Psychonauts two are each up for five. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It takes two and Psychonauts two are each up for five. And I've been looking at Psychonauts two. I've been thinking about getting it. It's ta- It takes two would Can be I a lot of fun, this? but you know, <laughs> I'm not sure how we would do that. The last one to vote on is best mobile game. No, that's not the last one. I want to skip this one. I don't want to vote, but it makes you vote. I don't care. <laughs> I don't play any of these games. Too funny. I, I did get Call of Duty Mobile. <laughs> I've been playing that a little bit. So that's, I think this is a faulty voting system. So I was getting Welcome at that to earlier. America. <laughs> <laughs> right. But. I was getting at this earlier. Um, I was saying that I would vote for Cyberpunk for RPG because I would never touch those other games. I would, I would see. I would be doing ma- a disservice to the genre, though. See if you could mail it in. However, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the good point I'm getting at is that it forces you to vote. Meaning, if you're going into this voting system 
and you're just wanting to do game of the year, you have to vote um, on all of it. You're going to vote for RPG. And guess what? <laughs> Cyberpunk has the best press. As much as they have <laughs> negative press, yeah, I bet there's a lot of people that have never heard of those other four games. True. They may have heard of Monster Hunter World as a franchise, but they may have not actually played that game. And uh, I think it might win because of that. <laughs> Which is going to upset people because it's going to be like, it's not even an RPG, man. And and the truth of the matter is, is it's the most popular, and this is a popularity contest. Exactly. At the end of the day, exactly. Well, uh, there are some upsets. There are some categories where are. you're like, okay, the true fans really appreciated this game, and, you and would they outdid they the popular opinion. You know, yeah. But but with with online voting and shit like that, you know, it's hopefully they've got something to detect bots and stuff like that. But you know how stuff that that happens. This is also a funny category. I always always thought this one was funny. The best community support. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I think Apex has that first, right? They're they're it's on- Apex. Yeah, Apex, Destiny Two. Which was, what's the last time you heard about Destiny Two? No Man's Sky, Final Fantasy fourteen online, and Fortnite. You know what's actually funny is I have not heard uh, anything but good stuff lately about Destiny Two. A lot of people are playing Destiny 2 now. And the player base is starting to just go up and up and up. Uh, there's a lot of good things that they've been doing with their their expansions and DLCs. Yeah. Actually, I have it downloaded. I've been playing it a little bit. I'm only at 1270 right now on my power level, but I need to get up there. <laughs> Why don't they let you skip categories? This is bad. Best VRAR. I don't need a vote for this. I don't I've not played any of these games. Ew. So so yeah, I'm going to be doing a disservice and I feel like I need to just look up a metacritic score on these just so that I don't mess up their algorithm. <laughs> but uh I I can do this some other time, but anyway, um I'm trying to think if there was more stories I wanted to talk about because I I think it's crazy Cyberpunk does deserve I don't know if they deserve awards, but Cyberpunk does deserve people's appreciation. It is not a terrible game. Was it over-marketed and were people overhyped about it? I mean, yes. (laughs) Was it a buggy piece of shit when it came out? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But is it a bad game today? No, absolutely. Actually, I've been looking at downloading it. Hundreds and hundreds of games. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's only got an 86% on Metacritic. 70% 70% of Google users that voted on it liked it. But I have seen some video on it that looks amazing. And it looks like fun. The battles look like fun. The fighting looks cool. You know? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's about to hit a year since its release. I I would hold off on buying it this holiday unless you saw it for like $20, $25. I see it um, like at GameStop for... 19 ebay for 15 that's crazy cheap you could probably get Um, it you could probably get it on you know one of the uh the key cd keys for pretty cheap wow so so the point i'm getting at is i think it's going to be added to game pass and like so do i so do i (laughs) so i would hold out if you're not like desperately wanting to play it today No, no no um i'm waiting but by the time it hits game pass if it does um i i just I think you're going to be blown away and you're going to be like, wow, why was this game shit on so much? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'll definitely be downloading it on PC uh, because I know I can run it in Ultra and it is a a single player game. Right. So. I should have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, let me let me get in. (sighs) And by then, nobody will be streaming it and I'll have another niche. I stream all the shit no one else wants to. Last man playing cyberpunk. (laughs) Is this guy crazy? Yeah. (laughs) Man plays cyberpunk till it's 2077. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's all the news that I wanted to talk about this week. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I saw. News Um, is stupid. (laughs) Um... Yeah, what what else was there? I know there's some Black Friday deals. Oh, there's the funniest one is that Walmart is running a 
Black Friday ad with PS5s in it. At no discount. It is just them saying that they have PS5. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a year. Merry after Christmas. The release. Bring all your money. <laughs> this is the second Christmas of this console generation. Every day, same price. <laughs> it's still, well, it's, the thing is, it's just. It's just, it's still a struggle to even find the system. Oh, That's God, just yeah. so crazy. It's a pain in it's the ass. Like, My daughter is looking for one for her boyfriend. And uh, yeah, I, I told her, I said, you're, you're not going to fucking find them. You're just not going to. Yeah. And uh, so it's not, a, it's kind of a gimmick, but I'm a little bit concerned about people getting mad about it. Oh, yeah. So the way that you can order the PS five on Walmart is there's a hour where you can start ordering them online. And of course, once that hour hits, uh, bots will probably eat them all up. However, you can order them multiple hours earlier than everyone else, which would include bot accounts. If you sign up for Walmart's, uh, premium plan, the Walmart plus thing. And so I'm a little concerned that these people who have these bot accounts may just get a bunch of free trials and try to do that. Hopefully they don't. <laughs> um, but that is a little bit of an intelligent way of combating bots buying all the PS5s. So if you are looking for a PS5, I would try the free trial of Walmart Plus so that you can get those hours early where maybe you will be competing with at least people, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it will see if it works. <laughs> I don't know if it will. It's an interesting strategy to combat, uh, bots purchasing things. If you had a verification in the future though, I'll, I think it would be better if you only allowed like, Let's say Amazon was selling it. If you only allowed Prime members who had had an account for over three months or something to participate in purchasing a PS5 for a window of time or something. Now, see, that would ensure that it was past uh, free trial periods. You know, it'd be actual customers that are, you know, paying $100 plus a year for Amazon Prime. So I think... I think that would be a good strategy for combating bots purchasing these. But remember, at the end of the day, Sony doesn't care. <laughs> no, no. And they, they say that they're going to be combating it, you know, and they're going to be doing this. They're going to be doing that. And, and they never do. And the reason why is because number one thing is they sell them all. They make their money. It's done. They don't care where the money comes from as long as it's they get all the products sold. Right. But I think there is a little bit of a concern in the back of people's heads and i'm not sure if sony has kind of seen it in analytics yet but what's going to happen is as long as people can't find ps5s they're going to slowly stop buying ps4 games oh yeah because what's going to happen is they're going to say i see that this is also on ps5 i'd rather play it on ps5 when i get a ps5 so they're not going to buy the game and they hold off and they hold off and then they just keep holding off and it turns from people not buying games, particular games for a couple of months waiting on a PS5 to now we're at a year. And that has to be a lot of hurt software sales. And at the end of the day, a PS5 in a warehouse is not connected to anyone's account, you know. But I don't. And it's not making those because they get 30% of all digital sales on their storefront. They want those PS5s in people's hands. So, but I don't necessarily see. <laughs> them not buying the game i see people giving up and saying okay i'm never going to get a playstation 5 i'm not probably right. not going to get one too. for a year so what i'm going to do is i'm going to buy the game so i can play it now and then you right know, later on they'll be able they'll have it in their library they'll be able to download it onto their piece playstation 5 but you know i just i see people just giving up and saying fuck it i'm just going to buy the game and right they have it and they're playing it and blah 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 so it and the sad thing that is, person is, is that it's a win-win. Though. It's a win-win for for Sony, no matter what. No matter what, if they come out with enough PlayStation Fives, they're still going to sell games. If they don't, if they do, same thing with Xbox. And that's that's what right. sucks. And they, you know, Xbox they have the ability a... to make these fucking things. So I've been hearing people talking about getting Xboxes more than ever. It went from 
zero. Like I oh, never yeah. heard people talk about Xbox. But now I have a bunch of coworkers that oh, say yeah. things like, I can't wait for that Xbox. Well, look Black at all Friday. the exclusives. I'm like, that's that are coming out with Xbox because of all the new purchases and all the because uh, of all the uh, production companies and whatnot that they've bought. They right. I mean, but <laughs> they have some big names coming out. And and plus the fact that all these games are coming out on uh, Ultimate Game Pass day one. There's someone that are dropping that are just insane. $70 games that you get to play day one just because right. you have Game Pass Ultimate. I think there's a thing that's coming up, though, that is. Here's the thing. So if someone wants to experience the new Call of Duty on the newest hardware. And they cannot find a PlayStation 5, yeah. you are right. They may say, F it, I'm just going to buy it on the PS4. I think there's a larger percentage than a year ago of people, though, that will say, F it, I'm going to buy a Series X and yeah. play it like it's meant to be played. Yeah, I think, I think that's a cause for concern for Sony. Oh, I yeah. think they should start caring about who's ending up with their systems. Well, I was I was that's where I was going you know? to is that is that if Xbox has the as the ability to actually pump out, you know, if they can pump out the Series X and the Series S. And they can get people they're going to that's exactly what's going to happen is you're going to have people jump and ship because they're going to get to play a lot of those games. Now, not, not the PlayStation exclusives, of course, but. Yeah, and, and, and Xbox has ways of making sure that you get a system oh, like yeah. through the all access thing. They have systems and you don't even there. need the system to get to. All yeah. you have to do is buy the the uh, the Game Pass Ultimate. And you can go online and use the cloud gaming and play over 100 freaking games on cloud gaming like super fast speeds. I mean, it's crazy how fast it started up. I was very surprised. Right. I mean, they, so, they have some bugs they need to work out, but that is right there. That is one of the things that's majorly worth it because you may not want to buy all those games. You don't even have to download it. You just play it. Yeah. And Sony seems to be obsessed with the pride of how many systems they're selling. But the bottom line is, at some point, it's going to bite them because Man. we already know that they sell those systems at a loss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so once again, I'm saying as long as that system's sitting in a warehouse and no one's buying games on it, um, they, that system is just a number on their record of saying, oh, we've sold this many million copies, you know? Um, yeah, but like... Until people buy games, it's not profitable. And I know Sony's got a lot of money, and that's not a problem. But I mean, I'm just saying, at some <laughs> point, they need to start caring. They have been they really they're so do, obsessed. Man. They're so obsessed with saying how many consoles they've sold that I don't know. There may be like a market crash for the PS5. We may suddenly see in a year or two the PS5 being sold for like two hundred dollars because. There are so many of them sitting in warehouses. Exactly. It may be like there may be a point where retail stores can't sell their cop their their consoles because they can't compete with third party sellers that are trying to dump them because they've bought too many. I'm, I, I'm I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm actually considering, and I see a huge spike in this, especially this this Christmas season. Um, but depending on if they can get these made too. Uh, mm -hmm. but I'm seriously considering just buying a switch because he can't get any other consoles. Right. And I, I wonder how big of a, uh, like what is Nintendo doing? I wonder, have they been building a bunch of switches? Have they been stockpiling them for the Christmas season so they can just overtake it because you know, they could, because the bottom line is if nobody can get a PlayStation and if nobody can get an Xbox, if they're very rare to come by right now, but Nintendo comes out with a shit ton of switches. They're going to sell a shit ton of switches because they're cheaper. They're right there. The kids have them. They can play them on the TVs. They, I mean, they got it's just a yeah. I mean, that would be a smart fucking move if it was me. That's what I would do. Yeah. Stick it with my <laughs> greedy brain. <laughs> OK, well, we could talk about buying consoles all day. Let yeah, me talk about do. some of the games sure. that I've played since the last what time we talked. Um, so this one I can't really talk about, but I want to say that it was a cool game and I, I thought it was worth the money. It was called She Sees Red. Uh, in the title of the game is She Sees Red Interactive Movie. 
So if you didn't know, it was an FMV game where you make choices for the real actors to do things in the game. Oh, really? They put it in the title of the game. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. There's a lot of games in this genre now. It's making a huge <laughs> comeback, I feel like, the FMV genre. Um, if you don't know what that is, that's full motion video. Um, but yeah, this game decided to put it in its title, which is really corny. But it was it was a short game. It's, um, I believe, four endings. Um, but it was a cool game. I liked it. Decent acting. Um, it, 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 I, I always enjoy playing these types of games because I enjoy going down every rabbit hole in combination of actions to see what happens because it's one of those like choose your own story things that I used to be obsessed with those books when I was a kid. I used to love those books where it tells you what page to turn to. Oh, if you yeah. Made a choice. Yes. Those are like. My I love jam. the uh, murder mystery ones like that. Yes. I just, I didn't understand why anyone ever read anything else <laughs> when I was a kid. I would be like, I was really like, you're actually like reading a story where you like can't control what happens. Like why? <laughs> you could read it over like, again and change. Why it. would yeah, you? It was cool. Why would you make the choice to read something that has a definitive ending? <laughs> but admit, admit it. There were times when you did what it said. You turned to that page. You were like, nope. I'm going to change my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, nope, let, let's go back. <laughs> and you'd have all the, you'd have certain like key pages bookmarked with the folded corner. I would do that so that that's I would what, know where to, like what, the key points to go back to and start. You could just say the intuition, spider web back. Intuition kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you just backstepped. Yeah, they're oh, freaking shit. awesome. They but, were great um, books. That being said, I played that game and it, it was a good game. Um, it's not the best in the genre that I've played, but I mean, I have no complaints about it. It was a well done game. It's just a bit short, I do believe, but it's also a bit cheap. So I don't think you can complain about it. Also, think it was foreign. Um, I meant to look that up. What country it was from? Because let me see. Because they had a very obvious dubbing. I was wondering if it was Russian. Because it kind of seemed like that. Maybe not. I'm sorry. I thought this would be a lot easier. I'll look it up in a minute. Um, but anyway, I played that game. I also played two other games that I am extremely impressed by. Um, one was called Telling Lies. And if you haven't played this game or heard of this game, it is insane. I do not want to spoil a lot of the game, but um, I will say that what it is is you play as someone at a computer and you control what's on the computer screen. You, you can even play solitaire on it. But the main thing that you do is you're looking through an encrypted um, drive that has video footage of people's phone cameras and webcams and stuff like that. So you are looking through full motion videos of real actors acting out scenes but you know within the game you're basically spying on certain key points of their lives and the interesting mechanic to it is when you're watching the scene there's subtitles and you can click on any word in the subtitle and it will take you to every video on that drive that contains that word <laughs> so it's an interesting way to investigate um it's an interesting way to investigate like the story it's a non-linear story you have to put it together the way that you put it together so you can see the almost the end of the game i think there are things that are kind of you would have to know a keyword to get to some of the endings um it has a little bit of a linear probably um system to make sure that you don't see the ending of the game before you see other stuff but as you're like getting deeper into videos, you'll get deeper and deeper by finding words that you hadn't seen before that are referencing things that you haven't heard of before. But it is interesting when you see something connect 
and some other scenes suddenly make sense that you saw very early in the game. It's it's just an incredible experience of a game, and I really hope they make a sequel. Um, I read that the amount of video that you can watch in the game, if you watched every single video from beginning to end that you search through the, on the encrypted thing, is like six hours. <laughs> so it is six hours of filmed video and uh, it has actual like actors that I've seen in a lot of TV shows recently. It's got the guy from Upgrade in it. It's got a girl that was in uh, Westworld and it's got the guy who plays uh, oh my gosh the guy who plays 40 in season 2 of You is also in it. I assume the other actors are from other stuff that I haven't seen, but it is cool that they got these real professional actors to do very long, uncut scenes. It's very impressive. So to make it look like a camera that you're spying on, you can't have hard cuts. You can't have angle cuts. So when they rehearse their scenes, they have to basically do a seven-minute dialogue and act out the whole thing in front of a camera (laughs) And uh, some of them are longer than others. Some of them are shorter than others. But I think it's a very impressively acted FMV because there's a lot of there's a lot of camera tricks that they can't use, and that is kind of the entire story is hinged on the quality of the acting and the quality of those scenes. Because if they were done half-assed, yeah, it would make the game so much worse. But the whole idea of how the game is put together and how you solve the mystery of the story is incredible, including the fact that it just it makes you feel so connected to the story. I'm really trying not to spoil anything, but there are videos when you search a word that have nothing to do with the story. And little things like that make it feel like you're actually looking through these <laughs> random videos so much more realistic. I don't think you would accidentally in one playthrough, get all six hours of video. I don't think there's a way to do that. You would have to know. So like there's an achievement to see every single video, but there are some ridiculous words that you have to search for to get some of them. And I just don't feel like there's a natural way of getting to all of them, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, Telling Lies is the name of the game. If you didn't catch me say it, it is just... It's an incredible experience. Um, if you're looking for a different game, it is definitely different. It is crazy. Um, and the other game that I wanted to talk about, the last game I wanted to talk about, was called Unpacking. This game is in Game Pass right now. <laughs> I heard about this. And uh, I know I mentioned it to you once. Um, Unpacking is a game like... I want I want to talk to the developers of this game. I want to shake their hand because when it did what it did to me, um, it blew my mind. Unpacking is a game where you literally open in on moments of your life with uh, packed boxes. And the puzzle element of the game is you have to put all the items that are in the boxes in their correct spots. That makes sense. Like, you can't put books on the floor. They have to go on the shelf. Uh, You can't put certain things certain places. Uh, You can't put (laughs) things in the wrong room. You know, pots and pans can't go in your bedroom. Stuff like that. And it just seems like a relaxing... It's marketed as a relaxing, chill, uh, zen-like puzzle game where you just go through each thing it's got relaxing like lo-fi beats in the background and it's (laughs) it's really chill and you're just putting away things so if you like organizing or something like that it's really zen like and i thought it was i thought i was going to enjoy it when i saw the ads and when i started playing it i was like it's really cool i really like it and uh, then it blew my mind it is a game that has no characters in it but it has incredible character. There are moments, so it goes through your life every single time you move. And when you move, you see things that happen. I'm trying not to spoil it, but you learn about the characters by what's in their room. Yeah. So things that you unpack, you realize that they've gone over 
an experience in their life or that they've done something or that they've been somewhere or that they I, they lost something. And I can't believe they made a game have emotion with items, with knickknacks. This game is completely about putting knickknacks in holes and shelves, and they somehow made it have an emotional center. And that just blew my mind. And it did it multiple times. There were multiple times where I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they just did that to me. Like, shame on them, but also I'm really impressed with them. Yeah, It's a very short game. I think there's only about eight levels. Um, You can get through it really fast. But it's just, it's incredible how they did it. There are... There, there are callbacks everywhere. Like, this game is only eight levels, and it makes references that feel like the way that it handles time, the way that it tells you what year it is, the way that you know what point in life they're in by the shape of the apartment or shape of the house or how many rooms there are, the way you understand these characters by the layout of their house <laughs> and how many years pass and what's in the contents of their boxes is incredible. And I mean, I'm really trying not to spoil the game. I feel like I kind of did by saying to expect that, but like just play through it and like experience the the ridiculous execution of emotion through freaking like freaking hanging up shirts. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, I just I mean, it's one of those games I've been trying to I've been wanting to talk about it for weeks. I think I played it two weeks ago, but like it is is incredible. It is not a game to pass up if you like, once again, something different and just like have an open mind when you go into it, like just chill out. And then you'll you'll notice those moments where you're just like, wow, that's incredible storytelling through objects. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm blown away by it. I think their developers are incredible. For that I the only thing I wish they would do is uh, release some DLC. I hope that it was really successful in Game Pass, and maybe uh, they will add some DLC. Maybe Microsoft will uh, hit them up with some cash and get them to add some DLC to it because, like, it, it's short. I want another story. So, yeah, like, yeah, the the arc of the story is one character. And uh, I just want them to add another character. I want to restart with a different storyline because I'm impressed how they told a story through objects and I just want a different one. And I, I think, I, I, I doubt it's an expensive game, but I would pay a lot for this game now having played it if I knew that it had multiple stories. Like I could see a complete edition of this game come out in a couple of years where it had like multiple stories. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think they may have just been dipping their toes in to see if people wanted to play it, but I, I could see this be a franchise, and I don't know. It's really cool. It's just the number one thing is it's just kind of short, and once again, I'm okay with that because I play short indie games all the time, but this is a game that I wanted more of. This isn't a game that I was like, oh, well, cool, it's over, but that was an experience. This was like, oh, cool, it's over, but I want more. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool game. If you want to check out Unpacking is the name of it. It's on Game Pass. And right I on. think it's all probably also buy it. You know, they probably appreciate that. Um, but yeah, that's the last game I played that I want to talk about this week. And uh, you got uh, anything? I, yeah, I got two that I played, actually. Um, one I got for free. I got lucky, uh, believe it or not, on Halloween. And I just now played it. Um, I was able to uh, download it through Epic, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and um epic games and it's called dark uh d-a-r-q it's a complete edition so it came with the uh, crypt and with the tower dlcs uh it's really cool um i want to call it a horror game but it's not a horror game um it's really not a bunch of jump scares it's more about the the uh the vibe that you get playing this game but it's a, a 2d sc- uh well it's supposed to be a 2d scroller but it's done in 3D. Um, so it's a two-dimensional side scroller, but it's but it's all done in 3D. And um it's more than that because they they take it and they twist it and they use the three dimensions of it to change it. Um, 
you can basically uh, you you play a kid named Lloyd. Lloyd goes to sleep and you're trapped in a nightmare. And each stage of the story is a part of the nightmare. And what you're supposed to do is find a way to get through that stage and complete it so that you can go back to sleep. But you wake up again and you're still in the nightmare. And so there's another stage that you have to do. Um, there's only about four hours total of gameplay, and it's really it, it's not that hard to do the puzzles. Um, I am not a puzzle game guy, but I've started figuring out these puzzles and it's just using common sense, but twisting it to understand that you can shape the three dimensions of the 2D world any way you want. So you have to be able to change it. Um, for instance, it isn't just you walk up to a wall and hit space and you start stepping and the the whole world turns. So it turns the 2D side scroller to a different angle of what you're mm -hmm. going. And whether you open or close a door and then turn it is dependent on whether you go into another room, etc. Um, there's all sorts of little different pathways and stuff like that. But the cool thing is um, I will use this one part at the beginning uh, because there is so much more. Uh, where, yes, you're on a 2D side scroller, but you can change which side of the 2D side scroller you're walking down by standing in the middle of this four way intersection, jumping up, grabbing these little handles and either pulling one way or pulling another way. And it turns the whole world. So there's more 2D side scrolls to go through on this world. So instead of just one, you have two going one way and two going another way. And sometimes it'll let you go one way and then you turn it a different way and the garbage can fall, falls over blocking your way going that direction. So it's really cool how they changed it up. And it, it definitely it definitely is a game that just you you think you have it all figured out and then you don't. Um, it's really pretty. Uh, it's all done in monochrome. Um, but the way the light hits certain things, uh, you can see hints of color and it just it adds to the ambiance of it all. It's just really cool, really spooky. Uh, it's not meant to be crazy, crazy scary. There are some jump scares. Uh, for instance, uh, right at the beginning, uh, going across a bridge that I made, and all of a sudden there's these things just <laughs> jumping and banging on the bottom of this bridge trying to get at me, and it, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. He seems kind of like he's, you know, like he's kind of sluggish and lost in this dream thing. And yeah, it's not like crazy, crazy spooky. It's not crazy scary. I should say as in a horror game, like jump scares, like last of us two or not last of us two, uh, uh, outlast two or anything like that. It's not spooky, spooky, scary, but it's just creepy. You know what I mean? So if you like puzzles and you, you like creepy games that aren't really too hard, then yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. It's really pretty to look at and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing it the rest of the way. I played about two hours of it and got quite, quite few, a uh, few things, you know, done. Um, but it's just, you, you know, like I said, you use common sense to find ways to knock out these really crazy, weird puzzles that make no sense. So yeah, I'm excited to play the rest of it. Uh, have you ever played dark? Did you? Uh, no, I haven't played that one. If I've it, seen it. Though. If it goes on sale on Steam, because I think it does on occasion, it's worth it, man. I think you'd enjoy it. It's a really cool game. Um, <laughs> the last game I wanted to talk about is something that I downloaded. Uh, I noticed mm -hmm. it was free on Game Pass. I don't know if you've ever talked about it for, but it's called Kill It With Fire. I have not talked about it. I've almost downloaded a couple times. I just oh, I was trying to finish God. up some other games first. It is so much fun. I got it um, for PC and, you know, downloaded it. And it's basically it's all about killing spiders. And uh, I'm not going to give too much away, but I will talk about it at the beginning. Um, you have missions and each mission is set in a room or set of rooms that is in a house. And your job is you basically you have to run around the room, destroying everything that you can, opening everything that you can, searching for every possible thing that you can and everything that you can use <coughs> to 
to kill everything that has more than two legs. If you see a spider, you it doesn't matter what you got. You grab it, you throw it at it, you kill it. Um, you can use uh, drawers, doors, books, freaking controllers that you see sitting around. Um, you flip over couches. You do all sorts of crazy crap just to find these spiders. And uh, I ended up in a bathroom, found some hairspray, <laughs> freaking burning everything down, trying to kill these spiders. At the beginning of the game, it tells you flat out, please do not try this at home. And you know what? It makes sense because uh, you're running around chasing these freaking spiders with a can of Aquanet and the lighter. And you're going to kill them. And trust me, when things go light up, they light up. <laughs> Little bastards were hiding in the toilet paper rolls. So I lighted the toilet paper rolls on fire and out comes these spiders and they're rolling around and they're burning. It's like real simple art. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't make you, you know, want to listen to Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin and send the spiders $10 a month. You end up right. wanting to kill them because it's very simple. A uh, very simple blocky art style, but it's so much fun. It is worth it. It's a I'm having a blast with this game. Uh, you have a certain amount of things that you're required to do in each mission. And the cool thing about it is each mission has extra challenges and things that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to break things. You're supposed to light things on fire. You're supposed to kill this many spiders. Um, you know, and if you aren't careful, you miss things. So it, there's a lot to do in each single mission. And I imagine that the whole game doesn't take that long, but it is, it is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So I've had fun with two of these games. It's real simple. It's straightforward. It's easy. But uh, yeah, there are um, some things down the road that will uh, keep you on your toes. So yeah, there's some fun later on. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I guess that's yeah. You got another one? No, no, but that's really about it, man. I mean, yeah, keep okay. if you keep playing the game, you will be surprised. <laughs> okay. I'm working through a couple of more games that I'm gonna talk about next week. I'm excited to talk about those. Um there's one of them that's really well made and it's made by a bigger studio. So I like when big studios make kind of indie style games like basically yeah. when an indie developer is making a game and then a big developer comes in and gives them some extra cash to like finish the game and polish it out those games look incredible and one of them is one that i'm playing through right now and i will talk about it next week um but i'm excited about that it's it's crazy it's crazy cool though um but that being said uh i guess that's it for our show and uh We'll catch y'all next week with more uh, gaming insight from the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> makes it sounds like it makes it sound like we're professional hitmen or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>